Hey, this is Tyler Sugar. Join me weekday mornings for Bump and Run, brought to you by Chris Foster Heating and Air, your Ream Heating and Air Condition Specialist right here in Spartanburg on Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM. Standing by is a broom centurion. Jeb Dawson joins us on the image printing hotline. He had a big game on Monday. Uh, he faced nine batters, struck out nine broom, uh, beat Southside at 25 to nothing. Jeb, how are you this morning? I'm doing good. Well, let's talk a little bit about Monday night's game. Uh, you know, sometimes you just find yourself in a zone where uh, you're you're just dominant. Last um, Monday night, or this past Monday night, you were really good. You faced nine batters. You struck out nine. Talk to us a little bit about it. Walk us through the start. Uh, I just felt good warming up. I felt good. Uh, I had Coach Waddle calling pitches. He did a great job. And uh, my catcher, uh, Dalton Crawford, did great, and they made it real easy for me. Uh, I'm just thankful for them, and I couldn't have done it without them. Well, Jeb, let's talk a bit about uh, what pitches you were throwing up there. Uh, you're uh, you rely heavy on the fastball. How many pitches can you throw? Um, well, I got a fastball, a changeup, a slider, and a curveball. Uh, and which one is the go-to strikeout pitch? Uh, that curveball. I like throwing it when it's on. And apparently it was on the other night. Also for your team, the bats were on the other night. 25 runs. Uh, talk to us a little bit about how your offense performed. Uh, yeah, they were really great and uh, just took all the pressure off of me. And like I said, I had the easiest job. They all had to do put up a lot of runs, and they did that, and it made it easy for me. After not getting to play last year, you're back on the field this year. Uh, what does that feel like to finally be back out there with your teammates? It's great. We're all really close and good friends, and uh, I really missed last year. I'm just glad to be back out there and uh, loving every moment of it. As Jeb Dawson of the Broom Centurions joins us on the Image Printing Hotline here on Fox Sports 1400-98.3 FM on this Wednesday morning. Jeb, you, have, you got Southside again tonight. You only threw three innings the other night. You, can you go again tonight? Uh, I think I can. <laughs> absolutely big big game tonight with Southside. uh y'all were just a um about a week away from getting into um into region play you're looking forward to region play and and what team do you look forward to facing the most uh well i'm ready to play all of them i think we'll do good and uh probably chapman we've uh always liked playing chapman and they're uh good so they've kind of become a rival to us so looking forward to that Jeb, uh, you you had a big game. Uh, you you look to uh, bounce back again. Uh, when you're not pitching, what position do you play? Uh, shortstop. A little shortstop. All right, good stuff. Um, what's what are some of your personal goals uh, for the 2021 season? Uh, personally, I would just like to lead my team on to win the region. Uh, that's about all I've really thought about, and just uh, do the best that I can absolutely um all right you play for a guy that's been coaching for a long time uh here in Spartanburg county you, you know he's been around forever and it, we've heard a ton of funny stories about coach waddle do you have a funny coach waddle story you can share with us um it's not really uh a story much but during practice he'll get on top of the dugout and uh watch and coach from up there so it's uh it's a it's something I've never seen before, but it's a great thing he, he does. 
he is he is something else known uh known coach waddle for a very long time and he is a good one and y'all got a a a great coach over there you got a great team uh just uh tell us a little bit more about uh about the team and and what you expect to see in the next couple of weeks from your broom team well hopefully we can win we got uh brady jones who's in ninth grade and he throws really hard and uh, we got a uh, third baseman, Dylan Ramirez. He hit a couple home runs the other night against Burns. Uh, and a couple of other guys on offense that can swing really well. So uh, I'm just looking forward to this year, and I think we'll be good. All right, I know you got to get to class. What's your favorite subject over there at Broome? Uh, history. Absolutely. Hey. I majored in history in college, so you couldn't have picked a better one. Great job. Uh, great job the other night, Monday night. Perfect game. Face nine batters, struck out nine. Broom won 25 to nothing. Good luck to you uh, going forward, and hopefully you can do something like that again, and we'll talk to you again here on the program. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Jeff. That's Jeff Dawson, the Broom Centurion, joining us here on uh, Bump and Run. He faced nine batters the other night, struck out all nine of them. Hey, this is Arn Anderson. You're listening to Fox Sports 1400, now on FM at 98.3. Is our good buddy and the host of the Saturday Sports Report, the great Mitch. Matt Castillo joins us. Mitch, how are you? I'm doing all right. It's uh, a little cold this morning. Had to walk the dog and take him out for, you know, his little bathroom thing, and he he made me sit out there for a good five, seven minutes or so. So a little chilly, as you were saying, a little hazy and foggy. Not not a beautiful morning, for sure. No, not really. Uh, Mitch, you got to be extra good on the program today because this is going on the podcast. So, um, you know. Oh, okay. So we're gonna. this is going to be on the podcast, so you're just talking about your dog's business on the podcast. Oh, well, you know, hey, that's what we do, sports <laughs> he's not, and things. He's right? not going to be embarrassed, right? Not at all. Not at all. <laughs> okay, you know, we, he'll just get over it. He's got yeah. to tough it up a little he's, bit. He's tough. All right, Mitch, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. It's been a while since we had you on the program. Uh, let's start with something that happened last week. Now, you will admit that you pull for the New York Knicks, right? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, as bad as that is at times, um, let's let's. I don't want to talk about the Knicks yet. We'll get to that coming up here in a minute. But okay. What happened last week at Madison Square Garden when Patrick Ewing was stopped multiple times and asked for his pass inside Madison Square Garden? Is that acceptable? I, I mean, I I'll say this: the security in New York does not play. It, it just doesn't. It don't matter really who you are. They are. It's very strict. That's why, like, when you see, like, at sporting events, like a fan that runs on the field, you wouldn't get onto the field at Yankee Stadium. Like, right. you would be tackled, like, right away. Madison Square Garden, the same way. They are very, very serious about their security. So, I mean, it's a funny story because, I mean, Patrick Ewing was literally an all-time Nick great. And, I mean, it's just obvious that somebody doesn't recognize him, uh, which he is getting older in, in, in this person's defense here. I mean, he, he don't look like the Patrick Ewing from his playing days, okay? But at the same time, it's, it's one of those things that, yeah, I mean, this is kind of what happens. Anything at MSG, you never really know. Um, you always kind of see headlines like this. So it's embarrassing in, in, in a way because, I mean, his number is retired in the rafter. But at the same time, I mean, hey, you want to be safe and sorry, right? At least you know security's doing their job in, in, in the Madison Square Garden, the safe environment. 
Yeah, I just find it hard to believe that you're in the bowels of the stadium there, and there's a seven-foot guy that walks past you, and you don't think he belongs there. Yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's the bad part of it. But I'm going to try to take the positive route here, knowing that the security there is top flight of the world. You know what I mean? Top but flight security, baby. Here. Absolutely. That's right. Get them, Craig. Uh, great stuff. <laughs> that's funny. Um, all right, the NCAA tournament uh, gets started uh, really tomorrow night with the first four games, and then of course uh, the opening, the first round on Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mitch, uh, any, anything in these first four games stand out to you at all? Uh, you know, there's a couple of games, and, and honestly, I can't remember on the top of my head now. I know there's a few teams like Appalachian State. I think is playing. Yeah, Mich- playing Michigan games. State's playing. And you know what? I, I kind of like uh, Appalachian State in that game, to be honest, to, to get in. Uh, what a job uh, you know, Dustin Kearns has done at Appalachian State already. It's just the second year already taking them to the big dance. is quite impressive. Uh, so that's one of the games I know that I'll definitely keep my eye on and, and look forward to watching some of it uh, tomorrow. But, uh, you know, the other games, they're your typical kind of playing games, what you expect to kind of see. I'm ready for the big dance to really begin on Friday where we have, you know, games from noon all the way through the, the rest of the day. So uh, looking forward to it. The brackets are out. Uh, I'm so glad we're getting it this year because the last year and how we didn't have the tournament and how weird it was. It's just nice to see that it's back. And uh, it's that, that time of year where we get to see a lot of exciting basketball, great finishes, you know, maybe some buzzer beaters, of course, the upset. So looking forward for the tournament to begin. Absolutely. And, and you know, Mitch, this is a very weird tournament this year, you know, with all the COVID stuff that went on and uh, Duke not getting in, Kentucky not getting in. Uh, but, you know, for me, that just opens the door for, for some other teams to get in that usually don't. And I, I like the tournament field this year, and I think it's going to be a pretty exciting and fun tournament. And, and you know, really looking forward to that. But, Mitch, uh, Clemson got in. They got a, um, they got Wisconsin in the first round. Do you like Clemson's chances to make a run? Oh, yeah. You know, I, I well, I wouldn't say a run, but I definitely like, the, like their chances in that first round against uh, Rutgers. You know, and actually, I do know a few of the, the coaches on the Rutgers staff. A couple of kids that I, I grew up with in, in New York are actually, their dads are on the, that coaching staff. And they, they have done a, a fairly good job themselves uh, of building that program. And remember, Rutgers was at that place that had that bad reputation from that coach that was uh, throwing basketballs at his players and, and things like that not that long ago, a few years back. So uh, they, they have turned their program around, but you know, I think Clemson is just ahead of them. Um, I think Clemson has the better overall talent, so I, I would be shocked to see if Clemson beat in the first round. Now that second round, it looks like they'll be matched up against Houston. Uh, Houston is one of those teams that really can defend, and they can score, but really just kind of like that Texas Tech team that made it to the finals a couple of years ago, that really can defend. And around this time, I think, you know, two most important things in tournament time, guard play and defense. They certainly have the defense. I like Houston to actually make a, a fair, fairly big run in this one. Like, I'm thinking Elite Eight type run for Houston coming up. So I think that's going to be tough for Clemson to kind of navigate through. Well, Mitch, who do you got in the Final Four? Final Four is, this is uh, Gonzaga, Michigan, 
Baylor, and then I cannot. Re- I think it's, it might be Houston coming from that fourth bracket uh, over that fourth that other side of the bracket here. I want to actually confirm this because it is not on the top of my head. Um, I know those three, and I have an upset in the final four, Tyler. Okay. A big upset here. You ready for this? Yep. Michigan is going to be the team to knock off Gonzaga, and I got Michigan winning it all. I'm, I'm yeah. joining the Juwan Howard train here and basically saying that they're not going to have a Chris Webber moment and call a timeout when they <laughs> don't have it, and they're going to get it done. I believe it. I, 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 I've spoken into existence. It's going to happen. Michigan is going to win the national championship for sure this year. It's going to happen. Wow. Well, bold statement from Mitch. You know, I like I think I like Baylor. I think I like Baylor. I've watched them a few times this year and, and I've I've been thoroughly impressed with uh with Baylor. And do you think Baylor's got a shot to win this thing? Yeah, Baylor is one of the deepest teams in the country. They got a lot of depth. You know, they you know, play in a in a really tough uh conference as well. So you know, they've seen good basketball teams all year. I know they kinda had a small little hiccup at towards the end of the season, but you know that's just something that's going to happen at times. You know, I know Gonzaga has kind of made this look real easy all season long, and just run through everybody that they have played. But I, I mean, you know, you're going to have your little hiccups here and there. Baylor's just so deep. Again, you know, we we've seen Adam Flagler play live in front of us when he was at TV. He's like one of their six men that come off the bench. And, to be instant offense, but it's a lot of size, a lot of length, a lot of athleticism over at Baylor. Uh, so, you know, absolutely they are a team that's dangerous and could be making, uh, you know, a run to the finals. That's, I, I have them in my finals against Michigan and losing in a close game. So it's very possible that they're the team that's uh, the last standing by when it's all said and done. I love it. I love it. All right, Mitch. Um, I was gonna uh, fire the Mitch's NBA Open just for you know the NBA corner. Oh wait, I found it. Hold on, let's do it. Let's do the Mitch's NBA corner because we haven't done one of those in a very, very long time. So let's do Mitch's. Like let's do Mitch's NBA corner. Well, you got. I have to push the button. That helps a lot. It's time for Mitch's NBA Corner. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the next few minutes of rambling, incoherent nonsense. Mitch, take it away. All right, Mitch, what you got for me in the NBA Corner? You know, and, and, and surprisingly, I'm not even randomly just doing this, spitting this out. This is real. This is real emotion that's about to come out of me from this. I'm prepared, ready to go. Let me tell you. We typically talk about bad officiating, right, that we often see sometimes at the high school ranks, right? We, we often see, yep. you know, some questionable calls, and it kind of frustrates us at times. But you, you can, you can to- I mean, not, maybe not tolerate it, but understand it a little bit more. I mean, these referees have other jobs. They do other things, you know what I mean? But in the NBA, they have referees that do that as their full-time job. And I am still seeing absolutely disgraceful officiating. And it's all across the league. And it's, it's not just recently that, yes, I've, I've witnessed this when watching my Nick game. 
and that kind of are hurting the Knicks' chances even more of winning a game when these bad calls are being made. Like, for example, on Monday night, we steal the ball from Joe Harris down by three. We have a wide-open layup. They blow the whistle and say a reaching foul. So they do a replay, and all they can do is say, it wasn't a foul, and we got to jump it up. Which it took two points off the board that would have made it a one-point game with 7.7 seconds left. And then from there, as Brooklyn was struggling with the press, you never know. So that things like that don't help. Uh, you know, there's been so many controversial calls as of late, even with Donovan Mitchell uh, with the Utah Jazz playing uh, the 76ers a few nights ago. Uh, you know, and there's several referees like, you know, Scott Ballard that, that I, I could think of, uh, or Foster, excuse me, Scott Foster, top of my head, who's just known for butchering calls, kind of like Angel Hernandez in Major League Baseball. You know what I mean? Like, guys like that. And what's driving me crazy, right, is what can a player do? Because a player shows emotion on the court for the referee totally screwing up, making right. a technical. That's more money that comes out of their pocket by the league, right? Okay? So let's say it turns into a bad altercation. Last, I, as I was using that Nick game reference, Julius Randle went charging at the referee, which, yeah, I mean, you really shouldn't do, but, I mean, there's a lot of emotion. It's a rivalry game. You totally screwed up several times in this game, and you get – you know, pulled back by your teammates. And, you know, he didn't do anything in the press conference. But typically what we see, we've seen Donovan Mitchell do it, you know, a few games ago. You know, Damian Lillard was talking about the calls that were in that game as well. Players are talking about these things. And if they go into their press conference and say something bad about the official, what's going to happen? They get another fine. Yep. More money taken out of their pocket. they got to answer the questions that the media had asked them about the referee. But yet – Nothing happens to the referee. They don't have to go in front of the media and answer to the questions of why the heck you missed that call. They don't get fined by the league. They may get points off their grade, which in the long run does hurt them for playoff games, the final games, maybe the all-star games that would put a little bit more money in their pocket. But at the same time, they're not going hungry. So, you know, my question is, is when are we going to start punishing the referees like we punish the players, Right. You screw up so bad, a player shows emotion, player's going to get in trouble. Not you. That just screwed up the call on national television for everybody to see. And I'm not saying every missed call should be penalized and things like that because there are sometimes calls are going to be missed because they're bang, bang. A charge and a block is one of the hardest calls that you can have in a basketball game. Things like that are going to happen. I'm talking about the obvious missed calls that it's like, what game are you watching when they happen? It just grinds my gears to see these players get so emotional get in trouble while the referees get away from their competence. It irritates the crap out of me. And I think something's got to change. It won't change because of the NBA officiating union and they'll pout and go on strike, kind of like sort of what happened with the NFL referees a few years back when they had replacement referees. So it won't happen, but it would be nice to see the refs held accountable. That's what I got for you in Mitch's Corner. Mitch's NBA Corner brought to you by Pepperoni Express with locations to serve you in Lyman and in Inman. Mitch, that was great. That was great. That was old-time Mitch's NBA Corner right there. I, I, I just try to educate as much as I can, even though, as the intro says, typically nobody has gained any knowledge from this, and it might be the dumbest thing they ever heard, and I'm, I'm just – honored to do deliver that to my my listening audience and may god have mercy on your that's soul that's right <laughs> uh that's all right, right mitch final thing uh we're getting very close uh to a date that we thought would never come uh back when you um 
first proposed a couple of years ago. You're getting married, and it ain't too far away. You got a Mitch's wedding update for us? Yes, we are 58 days away. Uh, we are just uh, we're getting the invitations out this week. So some of them, I think they were sent last night. Uh, so everybody that getting an invite should get one within the next week or so. Yours will be there Saturday morning. I'm going to bring it and drop it hey, off. And put if it in I can save house. you 50-something cent, that's fine. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because I'm on the cheap side of things. So I'm, <laughs> I'm bringing your invitation on Saturday. Uh, so that's kind of where we're at. We're just kind of waiting for, you know, a few things to get done. Uh, but for the most part, we kind of knocked everything out. It, it's it's almost go time. All right. So, what's the food situation? The food situation is tacos, yes. um, fajitas, quesadillas. Uh, we'll have chips and salsa and cheese dip as well. Uh, so there'll be a chef there chopping up some things and stuff like that. So it's it's a nice spread. It, 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 it's food that I tested as well. That that past the Mitch approval, so I'm looking forward to it. It should be a lot of fun. All right, well, go ahead and just put me down for eight. For eight, I got you. <laughs> I got you. No uh, doubt. All right, Mitch, we're looking forward to that, looking forward to the wedding, and looking forward to uh, basketball, of course. But, hey, good to have you on again. Good to hear from you. Glad everything is going good. You ain't flunked out of school, right? Not yet. I'm actually going to class right now. All right, well, good luck, Mitch. Thanks, buddy. All right, have a good one. That's our buddy Mitch. Matt Castillo, the host of the Saturday Sports Report that airs Saturday mornings from 7 till 10 a.m. right here on Fox Sports 1400, 98.3 FM.